You know, getting in good shape can be a real pain in the ass. Searching through 50 different brands and models. Matching new blades to old handles, right? It's, it's horrible. Join our society of smarter men now. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash gym to get high-quality razors delivered to your door. Just a couple bucks a month. That's all it is. A couple bucks a month. dollarshaveclub.com forward slash gym. Join today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We are worldwide, we are nationwide on the Sideshow Network. Terry Jones, John Evans, Mike Wysocki. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Cren. Jim Cren No Restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Brought to you by Star Chevrolet and Star Nissan in Greensburg. Terry Jones, John Evans, Mike Wysocki, and myself, Josh Foley, our producer. Corey Gale on sound. Frank Mergia, head of social media. Dave Settemar, executive producer. And Wayne, the intern. we, we got to start out this show with the biggest story in, in, in the world that's going to be for the next two months. Uh, it's actually horrific. The, the guy in Cleveland, Ariel Castro, kidnapped these, these three poor women. And held them hostage in his home uh, for years, and until the rescue of from Charles Ramsey, a neighbor, who the the YouTube video of him being interviewed after he did the rescue is just a viral phenomenon, millions and millions of hits because of his uh, attitude, his excitement, uh, just the way he is. You know, he's just such a regular guy, and he's, he's, he's really because he's like, you know, I was at, McD- at my McDonald's. Right, remember he had his McDonald's and he heard the noise and he saves her and he kicks the bottom door. He really, you know, heroic because hey, what if the crazy nut Ariel Castro would have saw that and maybe killed him or something? The guy actually was a brave guy doing this. Right, right. And and I, I get ready for the show here. We're hanging out the studio, and Terry hits me with news that I almost fell over. Terry, tell us. <laughs> this is uh, so the Charles Ramsey uh, thing was going on. And I get a text message uh, from my cousin, which uh, anyone that follows me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you could still see this image. <laughs> it's a screenshot of a conversation between me and my cousin, Tradessa, who lives in Alabama or Atlanta right now. Sorry. And uh, she texts me telling me that we are related to Charles Ramsey. <laughs> that Charles <laughs> Ramsey cousin. is my cousin. And I couldn't believe it. I laughed so hard. That's when I awesome. got this text message, I couldn't stop laughing. He's a hero. And she's like, he's 44, and they making fun of him. And I was like, <laughs> yo. I was like, first of all, wait, we're related to that dude? <laughs> and uh, she's like, yeah, that's Aunt Lily May's uh, grandson. I'm like, oh, man. So Well, well you know, his lines were – he did use humor at the end of that interview and stuff. And, and I think that's what's making him famous is the – the, the joke we said about the what did he say about the oh, when you see a white woman walking right there what did he say uh, a white woman coming to a, a man's a black man's arms in this neighborhood that's a dead giveaway yeah, <laughs> we ate ribs together yeah that was that's right <laughs> I was like oh he man. was stunned and the whole time I'm like he looks just like my we uncle Melvin he does together. and now I see why <laughs> he looks why? like my uncle Melvin he looks like show enough too which is crazy <laughs> I'm like oh this is why Charles Ramsey is related to me yes he came out dead of nowhere dead giveaway dead, when he said dead giveaway dead giveaway I had my McDonald's yes the reporter didn't know what to do <laughs> no he didn't especially when he had like uh, you could tell the dispatcher hit dumbass verbatim yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like yo he is snapping right now but he was a hero man we, you we joke, like I said, he had to kick the bottom of the door down, and the girl, you know, crawled through. 
and she said there's uh, two others in there. And he kind of orchestrated the whole thing, didn't he? Yeah. From what we know. Yeah. Right? It's crazy. Pretty cool uh, yeah, he was, did that. I mean, yeah, I think it is a good thing that he said, because most people would just walk away or Some walk back yeah. or not do anything. You yeah, know? a lot of people don't like putting their nose in other people's business. Yeah, yeah, and then you're always worried about what's going to happen to you. Right. Could you and believe? not thinking what could happen to the victim. Think about us in our neighborhoods and stuff. You look at her house and stuff. You, I mean, come on. Could you? I, it's hard to believe that that happened in a neighborhood like that. I mean, it's just a regular neighborhood. There's houses to the left, to the right. No suspicion. No suspicion. I it bet, didn't even look they, like it was that far from their house. They shared it on a map. Yeah. And it was just kind of, you know, right. 10, 12 blocks but across what town. what was weird was they said people kept saying they saw women in the backyard on dog leashes. <laughs> yeah. Being led around. And, <laughs> and a crazy. couple of people called the cops a couple of times and said, hey, there are these women in this backyard with on le- on dog leashes being like led around on all four. And all, it was like, and the cops either didn't come or... When they came, they were no longer believe back him or there. something. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. I have no yeah, idea. I think the guy talked to the cops at least once. Oh, uh, yeah. about... They're just Browns fans. That's their dog pound. I don't know what they're thinking. Bad enough being trapped. In- they know. had a video video footage of one girl who was kidnapped for like that long too. It's like right. a decade. And remember, the guy had like those little houses in the back and books and stuff. This is the girl that was forced to have several children by him? Yes, she had kids with him. And um, what ended up happening was they showed footage of his parole officer coming over while she was in there. And he never noticed anything at all. And she was like too scared to really come out. But the guy didn't care. He was just like, with this little girl here? Oh, well, who cares? Blah, 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 blah. And like he was trying to punk him on the stuff he did in the past. How, how do how these people, like, how do they... I mean, how could you function like that? In other words, how do you compartmentalize that psychotic behavior that you have these three women you're, you know, abusing, and you can go out and just live a different life? Like, have that type of a personality. You can just flip that switch. Because this guy, you know, he worked. He had a, a daughter, I believe. Yeah, that's now, how he got the, That's how he abducted one of them, because she knew his daughter. He was a friend She's, of the daughter. Yeah, he said, hey, you knew my daughter, and I'll give you a ride home. And uh, yeah, it's mind-boggling that this guy can even compartmentalize that type of evil thing. You know, and just you know, talk to people in a normal way with your holidays. This, then you have these three women locked in your basement. Well, I guess they were in the basement for a while, and then they got moved up to the second floor. But I understand there was like you know reinforced steel doors that kept them in like you know one area floor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's every the more you read about this thing. Horrific details. I don't even. The crazier it gets. To to get into them in a comedy podcast seems yeah, odd. Yeah, really. I know. <laughs> yeah. But still, it's just but, the wild. You but, just can't believe it. It's just, you know. It's definitely like, you know, you like it's what you would think that in, in Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Like that Buffalo Bill. Yeah. When, you know when what I mean? It looks like a house. normal house. Then you go down here. And it's, lotion mm, in the basket. There's, you know, Nazi uniforms everywhere. And the guy's putting his wiener between his legs. <laughs> pretending yeah, yeah. he's a chick. Oh, yeah, it, that is crazy to me, man. Well, uh, the, congratulations to to your cousin, man. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah Terry, uh, Charles Ramsey. Hey, man, Charles, you if you listening right, to this, uh, we related, bro. Um, contact me. 
Uh, you can contact uh, my grandma, who's uh, your aunt Annie Jones. You call uh, grandma. <laughs> yeah, you got to. We got to interview him, right? We got to talk Frank to him. Merge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need You're to get you any reward Merge. money. Yeah. I'm your cousin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want any of your money. It's just awesome. You, Thank you, you for being a hero. You do exactly. Troy, you come on the show, buddy, and we, we, I'll get you McDonald's. I'll buy. We ate ribs together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I can. I, you know, I can, we could all like empathize. He's, he's, yeah, he's basically. We had dinner together. Yeah, we no, had yeah, barbecue. We broke said, bread. I love that too, Johnny. The way you said we had ribs together. We like, man. You know, when you bond in uh, eating, yeah, eating like, barbecue yeah. food, you better like that's honest brothers, time. Yeah, you, you know, you don't hold things back. We all have those neighbors though that we kind of look at, and we're like, yo, we'll never ever look at that person or talk to him. You kind of know to stay away because when I was growing up, there was a guy who was a locksmith. And he had this black lab that was like real violent, and and it would just uh, attack kids and stuff. You know what wow. I mean? But the guy was kind of weird, and you know he tried to like he gave me a leash once. He was like, "Hey, I made this leather leash for your dog." It was a rock. Well, I took it, but you know we knew to stay away from that dude. Like never go in his house. Jeez, I, 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 I'm lucky now. I have wonderful neighbors. When I was a single guy, I was living in, a, in the north side in this apartment building, and it was a nice apartment building. I really liked it, and. uh there were two, and I'm not making this. I know it sounds crazy, but to have two crazy people in it, one in the building and one outside is just amazing. First crazy guy, he was a guy who lived across the street in, in this of this apartment building. I'm not kidding. And, and he would open his window up every once in a while, and he'd start swearing at nobody there. <laughs> I'm not, not kidding. So, so you'd be walking down the street, and it was really. You know, heavy, like, you motherfucker! Fuck you! You fu- motherfucker! You asshole! This guy's just screaming at his <laughs> And one time, I'm walking down. I'm just so used to him. And he's just kind of right at my eye, right at me. Going, you motherfucker! You cocksucker! You motherfucker! You fuck you, man! I go, and I seriously, I, I said, I went, me? I'm not kidding. He goes, no, the fucker behind you! And there's no one there. Like, I swear to God, it's like, oh my God. That's so, awesome. And I lived in this building for like, you know, five years. And this, this is right in a God true story. I, I, I was in this on the third floor I lived, because four floors, and, and this guy Mark was the, was the manager of the place, and, and this guy Tim was the head of maintenance. And I, got the, I was there a few years at this point, and, I, and we were all friends. Well, anyway, I, I get in the elevator, I go upstairs, and, and the elevator opens on the third floor, and I walk out, and there's a guy standing there. And he's just got boxer shorts on, paisley. He's about 300 pounds. He has white hair, <laughs> a cowboy hat, and just the boxers, no other clothes, and a robe. It's like a, a you know red and green robe, some weird colors. But, he, but it's open. And, and he's standing there, this naked man, basically, with cowboy hat, 300 pounds. And his wire room glasses looked exactly like Santa Claus and all the, you know, commercials, kind of warm and tender. But, I, <laughs> but, I, but the elevator, and then I look at him, and I'm like, what is it? I go, hello. And he looks at me and goes, hello. I go, who are you? He goes, I'm Bill. Bill, how are you? What are you doing here? I thought I just walked in off the street. Poor guy. He goes, I own the place. <laughs> <laughs> I say, really? Yep, I own this building. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, technically, I never really met the owner. Maybe he's like, no, no. I'm like, oh, my God. It's good. And, and, I, and I go, oh, that's great. And he goes, how do you like it? How do you like living here? I go, great. Great building, Bill. And I get in the elevator, go back down, and run into Mark's office. Mark, there's a guy upstairs. He's got pajamas-type shorts, and, and, and he's got no clothes. And, and Mark, just his head goes down on the table. So like this. <laughs> and I go, what is it? And he goes, oh, 
fucking bill. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, well, Jim, he says, about three weeks ago, this lady comes in with this guy, Bill. And, and Bill was nice, kind of off a bit, but he was, a, you know, there. And he said, and the lady's like in his 90s. And she said, Bill is on meds and he'll take his meds and I'll make sure he takes his meds. The lady bought a two-year lease in advance. She was a wealthy lady. She was about 95, 90, whatever, midnight. Because Bill's in 70. He's like 70. So he has a two-year lease. And I go, well, he's, he's crazy. He said, yeah, because he stopped taking the meds and he slowly just went back to whatever's what's going on. He should be in Western Psych. And I said, well, why isn't he? He goes, there's a problem. He says, he hasn't, he hasn't harmed anybody. He hasn't uh, threatened anybody. And you have to do one of those things because I had the police here. And I tried to – he says, look, this guy really – because he has boxer shorts on. He didn't break the indecency law because the robe – and he says, has he harmed anyone? No. Has he threatened anybody? No. He just says he owns the place. (laughs) So he – and I go, wow. I said, really? Now, I'm in room 313. I go, what rooms are you? What what, what apartment? He goes, 312. Oh, Uh. Oh my God. So – I got Bill in a, in a place, right? And he's, he's mm. crazy. Now, Bill is driving Mark nuts, too, because other people are complaining about Bill. Bill's doing all kind of crazy stuff, man. Bill will just he'll do something else like steal every ashtray from the hallway and put them in his room and stuff. Just weird shit. And it was, <laughs> I don't know where he got this. He was never in the service, but he had a complete general's outfit, an army outfit. What? With, like, badges and everything. I'm not kidding. And he would make me salute him when I walked by him. <laughs> And I did. I got to the point where I was so used to him. Like, I come back in the morning from work, you know, the show, and I come back, I'd be all tired and shit. He'd have it on. He'd be walking by. And as I walked by, like, we're in the arm, I'd give him a little salute. Yeah. And I'd go to my room and stuff. So, so fast forward now for like nine months. Nine months he's there. And just all kind of crazy shit was going on. Things missing and, you know, <laughs> writings on the walls. It's always Bill. He's crazy, you know. He literally, went, he'd check my door at like one in the morning. You hear my door and I'd be. Uh, and scaring uh. the shit out of me, and I look through the peephole, and it's Bill. And I open, and I go, Bill, what are you doing? He goes, just checking the locks, Jim. Just checking the locks. I'm like, okay. So I, I lock the door, to the bed bolt back. I'm like, it's crazy, Bill. So nine months ago, I say we're we're there for a long time. Bill starts. I don't know what made him do this, but who knows why he does anything. But he starts throwing garbage on the elevator. And there's like all kind of <laughs> why he found a good spot for it. Yes, <laughs> that was his garbage dump. Like instead of putting it in the garbage bin, he puts it on the elevator. It so up. Bill's dumping his garbage in the elevator, and everyone knows it's Bill's. And again, that's kind of weird. You know, so like a lot of garbage all over the place. So I go to Marcus and Mark. I mean, I just got off the elevator again. This is like a fourth time, man. There's like all kind of garbage, and there's like orange peels and banana peels. And you know, I'll help you clean it up, man. Let's just clean because because there's two. There were like two senior citizens that lived in a building. And I said, you know, they might fall or something like that, man. Let's just, let's just clean it up. And he goes, no, fuck that. Mark said this. He goes, oh, he's all he's pissed. I go, what do you mean? He goes, fuck that, Jim. He goes, I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of this, man. I'm done. I'm done. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I'm calling Bill. I'm calling him in, man. I'm going to tell him. I, I don't care. I don't give a fuck if he doesn't understand. I'm going to tell him. He goes, okay. And I go, could I sit and watch? And, and I swear, he goes, yeah. So Tim... The guy does me because he's there too. He goes, "Can I sit and watch?" I go, "Yeah." So they got the desk. Okay, Mark's desk is this big wooden desk, and there's Mark. And Mark is really into the job. And he's he's a really good manager. He's the suit and the whole thing. So Tim's sitting on a on a couch in his office, and I'm sitting off to his right. Mark's there, and the doors are right. And there's a big table so in front of Mark. So he calls Bill, and you hear him just screaming at him about the garbage on the phone, the whole thing. 
hangs up the phone. Bill comes sauntering in like five minutes later, man, just coming in. He's got the boxer shorts on again, like no clothes, but this robe, I swear, again, in a cowboy hat. Again, it's his look. He comes sauntering in a big belly, and he sits down in his chair, legs spread, and just like looking at him going, he goes, what? <laughs> Mark goes, Bill, I am, I am so done with you, man. You, you Listen. You can't do this. If you're going to stay here, you cannot put garbage on the elevator. If I catch you putting garbage on the elevator again, there is going to be a problem, man. I just want you to know that. Do not ever, ever put garbage on the elevator again. Bill looks at him, leans forward, and I'm like, holy shit. And he looks at him real angry, and he goes, Mark? He goes, yeah? He goes, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Tim and I are holding our stomachs right we're crying and Mark looks instead of like Mark laughing he's all pissed he goes what what'd you say like nervous he goes you're fired I'm afraid I'm letting you go he goes he goes clean your shit up and get out of here he gets up and walks away oh that is isn't that awesome classic that's classic and uh, Bill ended up getting uh, out of there but it was like a month or two later we had a, a, one of the kids in a building at a job, a paper boy, and he'd put the paper in front of the whoever had a you know a, a subscription could they put it in front of their door, mm-hmm. and Bill yelled at him, and aggressively yelled at him for littering. Uh-huh. So that was able to be enough. Trash for, goes in the uh, elevator, uh, right? asshole. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? Yes. Trash goes in the elevator, and that was enough for him to, you know, get him out as in a, some sort of like verbal yeah. kind of anger. Salt. Oh, that's awesome. It's behavior unbecoming of an army general. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Right. Uh, that's fun, right. though. It's, uh, it's it was story. funny. It yeah, was it's fun. funny. Although he was. Really was. And he never really harmed. He still never harmed anyone. He didn't. He did. He did take uh, uh, fire extinguishers every once in a while, all of them, and put them under his bed one time. <laughs> oh that was wow! Good. I'm building a rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have anything that good, Jim. But I did have a, a weird, good crazy uh, yeah. In in my first apartment in L.A. in uh, Los Feliz. Uh, the the people above us were really loud and i and they were, and i kept hearing like it was like people they were throwing each other like like fighting it sounded like so loud like to the point where you have to go up and say say something and i didn't want to cause like too much trouble but um the i finally you know i let it happen for right. a few days and finally i went up there and i opened up, and this this ties into that that Charles, what's his name? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Charles Ramsey. Charles Ramsey, Ramsey. hero. Because hero? Yeah. what do you? You don't know what you're walking into. Okay. So I walk in there, and uh, the guy opens the door, and it's like a like a nineteen, eighteen, nineteen year old Asian kid, and <laughs> and a twelve year old Asian kid, both of them wearing their sh- no shirts <laughs> and wearing gym shorts. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> So, you know, what do you want to call it? Grab ass and wrestling, grappling, homoerotic behavior, possibly. It was so weird. I was just like, oh, I go, hey, you guys, it is so loud. Like, I thought they were holding auditions for Stomp in the apartment. 
He's L.A., you know, you never Holy know. Shit. But it, it turned out that it was just a couple of, you know, dudes being dudes. Yeah. Uh, but the age difference was what was so weird. Which is like 12 and 18. Mm-hmm. Like, but who knows? Like maybe, you know, maybe he had that kid, you know, chained to a radiator, yeah, yeah. you know, two hours earlier. You lost your chance to be a hero. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Been you, my, man. My point exactly. By McDonald's. <laughs> Should I have called 911? Uh, yes, exactly. So, sometimes they just don't show up, man. Playing a hero isn't always, you know, the best thing. Um, no, it isn't. I, I had a, a situation where I helped um, a domestic. There was a domestic dispute in front of me. Uh, in the middle of the street, and I was driving by, and my buddy's in the car, and he goes, hey, man, did you see that dude whooping that girl's ass? And I go, wow. oh, wow, no. And I look in my rearview mirror, and this girl's, like, on the ground holding her hands up and stuff. Oh, She's by the curb, and, uh, you know, it, it's by it's in Greenfield, of course, of all places, uh, by the giant eagle. And I go, I'm going to do something about this because me being the comic book guy I am, I thought it was Batman to, and shit. Right? So, yeah, uh, Which right. proves that me and Charles Ramsey are related. That's right. Um, That's right. Out. So <laughs> I turn around. I hit a U-turn as fast as I can like I'm in the Batmobile. I get out. I toss this guy off of her and, you know, the slam him Good. a couple times. Yeah. The girl comes up to me and, you know, she's like, uh, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is messed up, man. You know, you're hurting mm-hmm. this deaf girl. Why are oh you doing God. this? And then he's like, "Boom, you!" And I'm like, "Oh God, they're both wow. deaf. This is some bullshit, really? right?" So I'm like, "This don't get no crazier than this." So he's walking around, and he had, you know, I had a stun gun from when I worked security, and I had yeah. just moved back, so I still had it. And I was like, "Yo, maybe I could use this stun gun on this deaf dude." But <laughs> he had a he had a hearing aid, so I was afraid to like blow his head up. Yeah, I was afraid the voltage would blow his head up. From the <laughs> I was like, damn, I can't, I can't like shock this dude. Cross a wire? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I can't shock yeah. this dude. His head's going to blow up like on scanners. So wow. I'm completely terrified at this point, and he keeps coming back. So I call the cops, and I'm yeah. like, hey, there's this guy beating this woman's ass. We need your help. I'm here. I just saved her. And they're like, where are you at? And I tell them the street names, and this guy like, walks four, away. Four, one. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's coming up to me, and she's showing me her bruises. And she had these, like, little shorts on, right? Mm-hmm. And she's, like, trying to show me the bruise. And I'm like, look, man, I, I don't want to see your deaf vagina. Like, just keep, keep your yeah, pants on, please. Not the police. <laughs> I, I'm not help. trying to see your bruises down there, lady. Yeah. And he walks away, and it took the cops an hour and a half. To get there, so we had to continue wow. to fight this you guy off. You kept him off. I kept him off Good her. He you, kept Jack. coming back because he was right. waiting for us to leave. My God, her alone. And uh, so it turns out that when he comes back the next time, because yeah. he's been drinking, yeah, he wants to fight my buddy. Now my my boy's six foot, so he has little ass arms, right? So yeah. he went to swing, and this guy was tall. He's like Mikey. He's like your height, man. You're mm-hmm. like what six four? So he's like your height, and he had reach. So mm-hmm. my buddy and this guy are about to fight, yeah. and he swings, and my buddy misses because he has little ass arms. So now that he misses, I'm like, dude, this deaf dude's gonna fuck you up. <laughs> and if you get your ass beat by this deaf dude, you got your ass beat by a deaf dude. Like your street cred is gone. Mm-hmm. But if you whoop his ass, you whoop the deaf dude's ass. So you don't win either way. Cops finally come. The guys like trying to tell him I was trying to shoot him and stuff like oh, that. Really? Like, done to me. It, the weirdest thing ever. It well, was no, crazy. No, you did good though. Man. Yeah, I mean, you I did. To, I did save the girls. Form, lowest form of life would hit a woman. 
her yeah. woman or child. Oh, it was terrible. It's terrible. That's good you stopped, though. Thank God you did. I did, man. I had to be a hero. I put you on uh, my cape, my stun gun. and did, uh, you, you did just let, there he is, the Charles Rams. But we ate ribs together. I didn't, <laughs> that's what bothered me about this whole situation. And you got to say a sentence no one's ever said before. I don't want to see your death vagina. That's yes. right. <laughs> that's right. No one's ever said that. Yo. No one's ever said that. Yeah. Hey, we're, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hey, it's fucked up that I really said that yeah. shit, though. Like, we're going to switch hey, gears a little bit. Let's go to Mike Wysocki with Twisted Sports. Okay, Mikey. Okay, well, last week you we talked about bad nicknames in the history of baseball. So I'm going to give some of the uh, – Best, uh, some of the best nicknames from other sports. Here's a few of my favorite. Bernard the Executioner Hopkins. Great boxer, executioner. Yes. I mean, that's the, what be to be uh, feared. Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Another great nickname. The best. And uh, Jimmy, you are saying, I want to tell you, you did a show in Youngstown before you went on, and he's the hometown boy in Youngstown. His religion there, He yeah. tells the whole crowd that he just lost. Yes. And now, here's Jimmy Craig. Exactly. Hello. Right in my intro. <laughs> right? Exactly, Mikey. It was bad. Chocolate Thunder, Daryl Dawkins. Great nickname. Yeah. Mean Joe Green. Simple, plain, yeah. perfect for him. One of the best of all time. The Assassin, Jack Tatum. Great, great name. Dion Primetime Sanders. I Dick, like that. Dick Knight Train Lane. This one's an older. Charles Benaric was named Concrete Charlie. <laughs> yeah, really? Great Good. nickname. And the Nigerian Nightmare, Christian Okoye. So there's some of the, some of the better nicknames in sports. Yeah. But I'm going to focus on football here. And these aren't the worst nicknames, but rather the worst players in NFL history. Of history. Of history. We're talking Boy, Cleveland. Mark, Mal- Mark Malone better show up on this Mark list. Mark Malone <laughs> was not on this list. This is a list. Um, it was just actually on Deadspin. And this is not in – in the order, but I just picked uh, all these guys are in the top 20 worst players of all time. Okay. How about you might remember this one, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Limus Swede. Wow. So really? They put touch, him in there. Dropped the touchdown in the 2008 AFL champion, AFC Championship game. Here's his career numbers. You know, I don't know if you know this. 20 games, 7 catches, 69 yards. And I actually wow. saw in someone 20... with a Limus Swede jersey the other day. <laughs> really? Bad investment. I guess he put down the money for it and decided I'm sticking with it. Like better investment would have been. Like sure, a wasn't Limus Swede. We haven't seen him in a while. It could have been him. It could have been him. He's uh, spritzing turnips now with Iverson. Demarcus Russell doing a turnip move. Another bad one. 1981. David Shula, Don Shula's son, kick returner for the Colts. He had 5.0 speed, but somehow was still drafted. He went on. He had uh, 10 punt returns and had 16 yards on that and averaged uh, five yards on 10 kickoff returns. Is it David Shula? Uh-huh. Wasn't he a quarterback, though, too, his other position? I, I was a kick re- I, no, I think there was another. Return. Is there another Shula? Yeah, there was another one. This one went on to be okay. like a shitty coach, too. Just, <laughs> didn't work for the Shula kids. Neil O'Donohue, not Neil O'Donnell, ah, but Neil O'Donohue, Jets. played from 77 to 85, that's right, but also with the Bills and Bucks, Oof. lasted nine years while making 59% of his kicks, and on a Monday night game, missed three field goals in overtime against the Giants, and the game ended in a tie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> three in overtime. And he lasted nine years. Oh. Michael Haddix played for the Eagles and the Packers. Three yards per carry, the worst in NFL history for anyone with more than 500 carries. That's the amazing thing is that he lasted that long. Three three yards per carry? Three yards per carry. Per carry. Over an eight-year season. I wonder how he lasted that long. 
That's what I'm saying. I don't know how he kept getting signed. Special teams guy or something? Who knows? He was just a, a running back. I don't tough, know what else he did. Tough runner. It's been tough. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's a top got three. short yardage maybe or something. <laughs> Jamarcus Russell on the list. Oh, yeah. Didn't right, actually, there, didn't actually start off that bad, but then once he got on the cough syrup, right. yeah. completely downhill Heard after that. Heard his game, killed his cough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never remember this guy. He played the late 60s, early 70s. His name was Jimmy Hines. He was a wide receiver from Kansas City and Miami. His nickname was Oops. That's all you really (laughs) need to know about this guy. Kim McQuilkin played for Atlanta, Washington, and Tampa Bay from 74 to 79. (laughs) In five years, he threw four touchdown passes and 29 interceptions. Who the hell is the backup on those teams? (laughs) Now we're going to keep Kim McQuilkin in. I think I like him. But he, weird about this, he went on to be the executive of Cartoon Network. Really? Yeah. Wow. yeah he's the executive Network. vice president of Cartoon That's Network. That's awesome. Huh. Ryan Leaf, his rookie season, two touchdowns and 15 interceptions, and then his career went downhill from there. <laughs> I only remember John McKay Jr., late 70s. His dad was the coach, and his dad would scream at the, at the Tampa Bay quarterbacks, hit the short kid that looks like me. Only stuck around because of his dad. Babe Laufenberg, a second Babe Laufenberg reference in two (laughs) weeks. Where else do you get that? But Jim Crenn, no restrictions. (laughs) Five touchdowns and 11 interceptions in 16 games. Another quarterback, Rusty Lish, played for St. Louis and Chicago. And this one might be the worst of all time. He played from 80 to 84. In college, he was Joe Montana's backup. But in the NFL, 115 career attempts, he had one touchdown and 11 interceptions, and the one touchdown was a one-yard pla- one pass. He played so bad in 1984, he got pulled after the first two quarterbacks got injured and was replaced with a guy with a great nickname, Sweetness, Walter Payton. Stepped in to replace him Jeez. as quarterback because that's how bad he was. So with the draft just taking place last month, a bunch of NFL executives hoping they don't get any of these guys. Thanks, Mike. Mike Wysocki. All right, hey, let's take a quick break, and we're going to hear a word from one of our sponsors. Grab the family and say hello to your sugar tooth. Tonight on the Food Network, it's Samuel L. Jackson's It's Just Dessert, motherfucker. Hi, the you doing? It's Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson. I want to thank you for tuning in to It's Just Dessert, motherfucker. Today we're going to be making motherfucking red velvet motherfucking cake. First, sip the goddamn cake flour. Half teaspoon soap. Two tablespoons of goddamn cocoa powder. One cup buttermilk. Two tablespoons of red food color. Or get you a motherfucking dinosaur. Kill him and use his blood. As you can see, it's now red as a Bake that shit. Excuse me. Is that like a couple more ingredients? Excuse me, Travolta. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. What? 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 Say what again, motherfucker. Say what again. I dare you. I double dare you. Back to making this motherfucking cake. Bake that shit. And then when it's done, pull it out and say what I do. Bitch, be cool. Be cool, bitch. Now, after that, you're going to put some goddamn cream cheese frosting on it. If you want the recipe, Google that shit. I ain't got time for that, motherfucker. It's just dessert, motherfucker, starring Samuel L. Jackson, tonight on the Food Network. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, though. That's what I do like about 
Deadspin. I know they get their share of criticism, but mm-hmm. they they do put stuff out there that you you don't. You know, we we talk about in the bars and stuff like that. You know, players that suck and stuff like that. But you don't hear it as much from any announcer or anything because they can't really. Uh, criticize too heavily because you criticize too much guess what you, you don't get loud in the locker you don't get access to players mm, and yeah. stuff so you don't hear as much like when i was growing up i remember howard cosell he would say shit that no one would say and that's how he became famous but he used to say some nasty yeah, some he, of he was quite, dead spin of the time quite inappropriate yeah inappropriate. <laughs> people hate it. i used to throw bricks at the tv and the monday night football and yeah, all the, the, the who was the, the, there was a receiver for the for the redskins and howard was uh <laughs> he Alvin? looks like a little monkey out there oh it's my like, god oh, alvin right, garrett? He's, he's like crazy huh? alvin garrett it, it yeah might have been alvin garrett one, yeah my my dad was uh he he called us out on not uh, Dad, if you're listening, I, I got your back. He, he, <laughs> he did call us out on this. He said that we forgot to mention Bosworth in the worst oh, players oh, and the biggest. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. He's right. And, and he's absolutely right. Boz is out there, yeah. right? Yeah, we forget about the Boz, man. Because he, he, the only thing he did was a couple B movies. That's it. Now, playing Stone wise, Cold it was, it. was an Academy Award movie. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. I will sit here and die oh. for Stone Cold. It had a was monitor he, in was it. He, 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 was, he was like the crazy juice. That was a juice in there, wasn't it? Oh, like, yeah, he was on Roy, right? and he, he, won, he won, ha- what was it, the Hasman? Or he, no, he won, a, uh, not the, the Hasman. Outland Trophy? He no, won the, the uh, Buckus uh, Award. The Buckus Award, yeah, yeah. And he was and, like a big. And I lived in Oklahoma when he was, when he was uh, at Oklahoma, and it was wow. such a media firestorm about, oh, this guy with the crazy hair and the, uh, mm. you know, look, they – they love their a players. Machine. Yeah, they love their players white in Oklahoma. So this guy was put up on this weird pedestal like, oh, he's so great. And really, you know, he, he was a product of that steroid era where, you know, you come into camp and you're 20 pounds less than what you were because they start testing for that. And you play when you're playing for Oklahoma and you're six of those games, you're playing against these teams that, you know, probably aren't that good. You're crushing them. I mean, hey, Tim Tebow had like I'm not I might be wrong on the number. I'm pretty close. He had like some 85 TDs and 12 interceptions, man. I mean, that is fucking unbelievable yeah, stats. Eight. But when you get to the NFL, like because about eight of those teams, all of us in the room could have probably got a couple TDs. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> four yards, the running back, go. He goes down the field. <laughs> and then you have those people that remind you that you're now in the league with prof- like, like Bo Boz, Jackson. Bo Jackson <laughs> destroyed. I, oh you can God. watch this clip on YouTube. I, I put it on repeat. It's the greatest. Like I type in repeat in the <laughs> URL so it keeps looping. <laughs> and you watch Bo Jackson run over Boz, and that was his career. That run was it. Run past him and then run over. Run over him. But when he ran him over, like seeing him get knocked back three whole yards. Yeah. This is a guy who, who was, uh, what was it, he carried five is 5.5 yards per carry bo jackson oh he was wow. a monster so, I, wish, I mean he I was wish, just destroying i wish you'd have played football only bo jackson just to see what would have happened because he was the greatest i i mean he, he the speed yeah. and the size and there's no the one power he than was jim brown other than jim brown the fact that he can go and play baseball and make the all-star team that's pretty yeah. um, that's just Right, like I mean, Jordan yeah. couldn't get past Double A, and he was on, you know, yes. arguably the best basketball <laughs> yeah. player but, of all time. Yeah. Right, and you have to be a great athlete to play basketball. So that that's right. I mean, he couldn't here's just thing, hit a baseball. Here's like the that. thing: the 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 Bo Jackson Jim Brown argument. I think that that's a pretty good argument. But Bo Jackson played in an era where, like, you didn't have 170 pound safeties. You know, there were like Ronnie Lotts and Joey Browners and yeah. Lawrence Taylor. Oh, yeah. For Whereas sure. when Jim Brown played, I mean, 
let's face it, he was he just looked like a better athlete than almost anyone on the field. That's a mm-hmm. great point, John. But I think, other, I think Jim Brown could play in today. Could have played now. You yeah, know, he'd have been a star. Today. But, but the thing is, John, the other side of the coin on that, and you're right, that's a good point. They didn't also have any rules of protection then. And he was the star. So, I mean, they would literally hit him in the knees and, and, and hit him everywhere oh, yeah, yeah. when he didn't even, wasn't even near the ball. So he was just getting crushed, and there was no one, there was no penalties, no nothing. They do, do, do cut, black, cut, you know, cut back blocks and all that on him. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that was and crazy. NFL used to be Thunderdome, you know? I mean, it really <laughs> was. Like, you could, you got Fred the Hammer Williams, yeah. clotheslining oh. people. You got Jack Tatum, Deacon Jones with the coins and Swan. the, and the, yeah, the helmet Swanee. Swan. To me, Swanee. Yeah, yeah, guys. Wow. Using a cast, as like a <laughs> yep. you know, you're right. Happens. Swan deserved the Hall of Fame. I thought more than that. I mean, there was always argument about Swan not playing enough, getting the stat. Lynn Swan was the greatest receiver to me because he used to take a lot of hits like that. That was before anybody was protecting him. But they yeah. they clothesline Swan, and they didn't you know, even the- have the phrase "defenseless receiver" <laughs> no. in, in the '70s. That was that did not exist. It's a, yeah. I think Mel Blunt was the five year five yard rule because right. he would just tackle you right on the line of scrimmage. And then, all right, get it. Go ahead, get open. He well, like, <laughs> just like, knock you down. You know what? He, yeah, he, he was just a, a great athlete. Like you said, he was just a freak. And and, and uh, you know, next to everybody else, I I know Mel's a, a great guy. A lot of his charity he does youth camp. It's fantastic work he does in the community. But even at his age now, I don't even know how old he would be right now. Late 50, 60, I don't know. He looks like he could play now. That's like the kind of he athlete. Does, he's, I know like, he was great. He's pretty crazy, man. And, and maybe well, you know what? It's funny you say about like Jim Brown being you know maybe above everybody as far as an athlete. Look at Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods changed the game. Not only was a great skilled player, fuck the pancake waitress and everything, but but he uh, <laughs> but as a as a player, he was the first one to do weights and training and nutrition. And then you know his tournaments they start like. Like say so Thursday by Sunday, a lot of those guys are drinking beer and smoking or golfers, right? Tiger Woods, man, was just in better shape than everybody on the field during his during his reign, right? There was no other athlete. No one was approaching it the way Tiger Woods approached it. Now everybody's trying to approach it. All the young guys coming up are trying to approach it the way he did. But he was definitely lapping the field because oh, he's a great player. You know, we know that the greatest ever. But on top of that was the athleticism. Yeah, there's some natural athletes that are just uh, amazing, and they can build on top of what they have. I mean, like we were talking about Jim Brown. I- I'm thinking Barry Sanders too. Like this is a guy who was like what five one and just amazingly fast. And I remember he shook Rod Woodson and injured him and didn't even touch him. Like <laughs> that that's yeah, insane. Yeah, the first game of the and season. You remember that? Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he shook Rod Woodson, and Rod Woodson was out for like. It's funny when you look. You look at guys like, like Barry Sanders, and Jim Brown, and these guys who quit. After like nine or ten years, Brown, I believe, quit. Right, it's nine years, ten years, not a lot. I mean, yeah. another three, four black exploitation movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in the early '80s, he showed up on the cover of Sports Illustrated wearing a Raiders uniform. I remember that. Saying, yeah. Is Jim Brown coming back in the NFL? Like you had the feeling that he really could pull that off. Like yeah, I mean, after to. seeing Running Man when he was Fireball, you know, you're like, yeah, this dude could come back. <laughs> At the time when when, when Barry Sanders retired, I was pissed because I allowed, I was like, nah, man, why did he do that? He's like the greatest back, and you know, he's on top of his game and everything. You're crazy, you know. But now you look on like Real Sports and all these different shows, and they always feature these poor guys who are just going through all that shit that they go through. You know, after he got playing, out while he could still he walk. got out. Yeah, yeah, so maybe you know, he was smart. He was smart. Was yeah, smart no, that's move. really true. Uh, you got to have some guts to get out when you're on top. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and Bosworth was was in on OU in '87 or '86, and uh, Barry Sanders. 
I was still living in Oklahoma when he was winning the Heisman Trophy with Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State was the, you know, was this the uh, the second tier program in right. Oklahoma. But um, every week, his the last year he played, the year he won the Heisman, you know, you'd turn on the TV on Saturday and they said Barry Sanders, two hundred and eighty yards rushing with three touchdowns. Like every week, I mean, that year that he had was just in. It was one of the most like. I, one of the most amazing college football seasons I've ever seen any athlete have. You know, it's funny, Johnny. You mentioned that, like, college guys who just dominated. The greatest I had ever seen in my life as a kid was, and I was only 16, I guess, whatever, was Tony Dorsett, man, at Pitt. Yeah. He had the most incredible, you know, two year, two two of those years anyway. I mean, it, it, he played every year, but I'm just saying the last two years of his career – it was they were crazy. He was getting crazy numbers against really great teams. I mean, it was. I think he had like. Did he have three hundred yards, Mike, against yeah. Notre Dame? I think against Notre two, Dame. Two, yeah, I think it's the all time record against yeah, Notre Dame. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was amazing to watch this guy. And he wasn't really big. He's only like one hundred seventy five pounds. He was just so. But he's an animal. Know, talented, fast. He, he is a beast. And then won a Super Bowl his rookie season as an NFL player. Yeah. And that cool, How about huh? That? Yeah, national championship. Right. He How the hell does get him? That's the same thing. How the Lakers get Magic Johnson? How the Cowboys get Tony Dorsett? <laughs> I mean, question. they were that was the Landry Stallback years in mid seventies. They must have traded something. That has to, that to be. Has to get to up be. There. That's yeah. when Pitt was amazing. They had uh, Dan Marino and uh, Bill Fralick. Yeah, was that, that, a, a like lineman. Nineteen eighty. Because Bill Fralick, I went to the same high school as Bill Fralick, and he built us a, a center to uh, an indoor field so we could but practice and weight room. Yes, so it was the Bill Fralick Center and. One of the biggest stories, there was this older guy who played for, like, Alabama in 1932 right. when they had leather helmets, and he was our equipment manager. His name was B. And he told me a story about how Bill Fralick was the hardest-hitting lineman. Like, he destroyed Dan Marino single-handedly. And the rumor is, I don't know if this is true, his dad used to tie him to a pickup and drive. And if he couldn't, if he couldn't yeah. keep up, Whoa. that was it. Uh, so he created this monster because Fralick was a freak back then. I mean, he oh, was yeah. like 6'7". No, I remember back then. He, he was, was like 6'7", 290, and that wasn't... Most recruited you know, guy ever, yeah. Definitely. And he was... They said they would have someone on him, and he would destroy Marino because Marino played for Central Catholic. I saw Marino play, yeah. Then double... They would double team him, and then triple team him, and then the whole line was just like, look, just focus on Fralick at this <laughs> point. And he was still destroying him. So Pitt had some good players. My cousin actually... Play for Pitt. Marino in high school, when you watched him play, I watched him out with the North Catholic. He, he played for Central. He looked like if you had a 25 year old athlete walk onto a Pop Warner team and play, just dominating. It was the craziest <laughs> thing ever with that arm, man. And you, you're, you're, uh, you were a star at Penn Hills, man. You, I was that's, a a, that's one of the best no, programs in the country. I wasn't a star player. Uh, I did play you on were, the line. You were no, good. No, Come on, but, man. No, no. We had some star players like uh, yeah, Kenny Lewis, Ed Collington. Uh, starter, one is actually Wiz, one is actually Wiz Khalifa's bodyguard. Yeah. A lineman uh, that I played with. Uh, you you started? Yeah, I was a... Uh, it's pretty well, big. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. Oh, it was fun. Penn Hills is like a college team. It is. It was a big time. And, you know, my cousin was actually just in the Hall of Fame. We were laughing about it because because he was talking about he coached me my last year playing and I had knee injuries and he was talking about oh he's a he's a good player but he'd be limping everywhere. Ah. <laughs> but uh my cousin played for Pitt. He was a all-American uh lineman on uh offense and defense who, who and was his name? uh Demon oh. Gibson. Okay. And he yeah. played uh this was right Kevin Barlow was coming in after DeMond. Okay. DeMond started as a true freshman, and he went up against uh, Orlando Pace. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Number one draft pick. Yeah. Uh, And it was funny because uh, Orlando Pace, they kept telling him, hey, 
you can't take on Orlando. Keep chopping them. You're too, you know, you're too uh, young. Yeah. Don't don't go up against Orlando Pace. He's the best. So he kept chopping them, and he told me this story. He kept chopping Orlando Pace, and Orlando was just getting pissed every time he went to the huddle. So he said he caught on to what he was doing, and he went to chop him, and Orlando Pace stepped back, and he looked up, and he punched him <laughs> <laughs> in the face. And <laughs> it, was, it was the funniest thing ever. I was like, oh, that's great. That, that whole era, man, with the you know, Marino era in, in college. and was like, I remember the rumors were always hysterical, man. Because he was like just a huge star, obviously in Pitt. But there's always eight hey, years they carried Dan Marino out as Aldis. He's all drunked up. <laughs> I, I've heard stories. And those rumors, they say, hurt his draft stock. They said that's why he ended up getting picked by the Dolphins at the end of the draft. Like, yeah. Lots of liquor, lots so of. So they said these rumors. There's just rumors, but yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, isn't that wild? And he end up, uh, you know, one of the great quarterbacks. And, hey, let's switch gears just a little bit to, as we're, you know, getting to the last quarter of the show here. I just want to talk a little about this news story. They just released this uh, uh, transcript from NASA did from Apollo 10. And I thought it was kind of funny. Apollo 10 was with uh, Tom Stafford, John Young, uh, Eugene, uh, is it Kerbnan? They were the three astronauts, and they had this transcript that was talking about shitting in space. I just thought it was funny, oh, yeah? man. Yeah, it was just like the difficulty of shitting in space. And all the turds like float, and it's like, and I'm not. They, it's like you know, there's like a. Here's what they said: It's like, yeah, give me a napkin, quick. And the other astronaut goes, "There's a turd floating in the air." Young goes, "I didn't do it." And they're arguing about. It. But but I was just thinking about the yeah, and, and that was Apollo 10. Okay, now think about this: Apollo 10 was the the flight that set up the greatest flight of NASA of our history, right yeah. in space, which is Apollo 11, which is the moon. So these guys had to get the shit organized. For Neil, Buzz, and Michael, right? right? Neil Armstrong, Buzz, Buzz Aldrin, Lightyear. Michael Collins. So yeah, or Buzz Lightyear's a call. But but he ended up, you know, they ended up getting it all together. And they said that and in this article. They said that these guys had to work out just certain things because each each flight got closer to you know the perfection of getting to the moon. So I started reading about the Apollo Eleven flight because of the perfection side of it. Again, it wasn't as perfect as I thought, and that's what I want to talk about. These guys that did that. Are just fucking space cowboys. I know that's been said. My God, I can't believe the shit that they went through and how we how they even did that back then. They were talking about how whenever they they the, a practice they had like a training thing for the lunar module that would leave you know the 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 actual space like simulation. Yeah, they said that every time it landed on the moon in a simulation or training thing. It never was able – it didn't lift off. The engine failed. There's only one engine to get them off the moon to get them back home. It failed almost every time. It, like, worked one out of 25, 30, 40, whatever it was. But it only just – so think about that. There's, like, it, 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 most of the, the chance is that they can make it, walk on the moon, or not going to make it back. How would you have the fucking balls to do that, man? With this? But they did. And the other thing was that Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Collins – first of all, let's talk just briefly about this. Collins. That poor fuck. He had to drive all the way and didn't get to walk on the moon. Oh, Isn't that bullshit? They jump out of the world. It's like going to the, yeah, it's like going to a, the <laughs> fucking bunny ranch. Uh-huh. Yeah, laughing it up. With a, it's like going to the, the, the like a, the bunny ranch and going, we're going to go get laid. You wait in the car. Uh, <laughs> and you come back. back. No, That's <laughs> terrible. He didn't get to get out. I can't believe they didn't let him just get Are you out. Afraid someone was going to steal the spaceship? Just get out. Yes, <laughs> let him drive down there too. Yeah, somewhere some alien is just going to come in and like, oh <laughs> shit, they left a ship. <laughs> he should go on to Houston, motherfucker. You know what? Yeah. You know we. 
fuck with them whenever you know. I dri- when you drive around the moon once just to make them think you left. Yeah, where's it going? (laughs) You know what else to think about this now? If you're the first guy on the moon, everyone's going to remember you forever. It's history, right? If you're Neil and Buzz, what? Say you get yelled at by your bosses, right, at NASA. But if I'm Buzz, I'm pushing fucking Neil out of the way and going down. And you're the first. Buzz could have jumped right on. That'd have been one small step for man, one giant step over Neil's fucking head. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Stanley Kubrick says, "Cut! Cut! 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 Have controlled. I think that if you look at the footage, Shit space the, the thing that the thing that <laughs> blows my mind is the is when they get on the lunar rovers and they show these them driving around on the moon and the the dust uh, gets shot up and then lands. Okay. Okay. Well, if this was in outer space and it's weightless, if this thing's shooting up moon dust, this stuff's just gonna go everywhere. It's not gonna. It's not going to get shot up out of the tire and then land. Yeah, but if you think about it, Johnny, with, the, with what we have now, I mean, we progress now to you know these space stations and all this stuff. I mean, I mean, wouldn't it be possible they have technology in '69 to do that? If we have now this all this advanced technology, I mean, where did it come from? Well, why, it built, I mean, it I think, built from there. You know well, what I mean? I mean, I would think that we would be on the moon. Well, but there was nothing there. Remember, so well, we did that. We accomplished that. What else is to go? I mean, they they sent many, a few more after Neil Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Remember that? And they, but they did everything they can. They found what they felt they could find at that time. But like I that mean, weird face. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was on X Files. I seen that face. I weird you know that face. Yeah. It was like the face that of moon, Pharaoh or something. That or moon face. Yeah, yeah, that looks like. A, it looks like it looks like a pharaoh or a, a sphinx yeah, or sphinx, something. Yeah, you never seen that picture you never saw of the moon? moon? No. Oh my god, oh, bro, we gotta Google the moon. Face. I want to see the moon. <laughs> I want to see you're talking face. about it, man. I thought everybody knew about the moon. I, mean, face. I mean, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Moon faces. I'm so obsessed with poor fucking Michael Collins. I missed the moon. Yeah, face. it looks like it's something that an ancient civilization might have. Yeah, like the ones that build the pyramids. Well, they, well, they, well the thing is, you know, they did it, but, but I think I believe they did, Johnny. But I, I mean, I think there's a lot of luck involved because one. They had the uh, the engine did start to get back up to the, to the you know to the spaceship, but they said at one point uh, something broke, like a, a lever or something broke. Okay, and they're they're like shit out of luck because they can't start it. And Neil Armstrong happened to bring a pen for whatever reason, wasn't whatever he had a pen to write things. They're writing on a pad or something. He must have brought it. Buzz Aldrin gets to use the pen and improvise and was able to start the engine with this ink pen. <laughs> it would have been dead. It'd be, you know, really. That's crazy. What a way to fucking go. So, you so know? we. Uh, I mean, uh, Mike, Mikey, what's your thoughts on the on the moon landing, man? The moon landing. First, I, I I really didn't think that maybe it happened, but now I'm thinking that maybe it did happen. But I think that footage from the 1960s, I think that's made up. I don't think we even have the technology from that now <laughs> to broadcast from the moon. I mean, that was like. What you think 40... that they faked the, the well, broadcast? The, yeah, the I mean, broadcast. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. their face. Holy yeah, mackerel! Yeah, that's documented. Wow, yeah, that's, look at that. And it's like, how does this it. big piece of tin foil and cardboard box wow. get up in the air and look fly at this. back to Earth? <laughs> it's looking like a like well, a lemon. I mean, there's a lot of things. Why is the Why is the flag like rippling? I'm telling you, I mean, camera already there. No, walking out. Yeah, why is there? How was their camera already? 
walking there when they're walking out. Go to the Smithsonian. You got to. They're there. The ships are there. I just got a text message from our sound engineer, Mister Lamar French. Says the moon has gravity still, and that's his argument. That's your argument. Okay, Cor. I'll go with that. I'm. I'm. It's why. Go ahead, Cor. Oh, I see. It had enough gravity. It had enough gravity. It's low gravity, but it has gravity. It has gravity. You know what? What if it was just like Total Recall? Like you, like if we had enough money and we go, hey, let's all go to fucking space, and they just like give us ass. Look, if you if you Google moon landing and uh, wires, yeah, there is a clip of an astronaut who has fallen face down. Okay, he's fallen on the ground. Yes, and he's Buzz Aldrin. He likes to drink. And he's trying, <laughs> and he's trying to get back up. Yeah, and he's pushing himself back up. And all of a sudden, he just gets jerked back up. Like, like, a, like I'm telling you, like a puppet. Because like it's like Michael a, Collins grabbing by the neck and let me on the moon. Like a Mr. Rogers character. He just pops just back to life. And he's like, really? Oh, God, I'm glad I got my footing. Oh, man. Yeah. Google moon landing I'm, wires. I know. I'm telling you. I'm I do. telling you guys. The there's, a, there's one with the ladder. It like, falls in front of the set. And they're like, oh, we have to do this all over. There's like, no way it was fake, Godzilla guys. In the background. And there's no also, way. There's also well, there's. Go ahead, Johnny. Go ahead. There's, I, there's no there, way it was fake. There, there's, I'm, I'm all listening. There's like a, there's a there's a moon rock with yeah. like a number on it. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. There's like a moon rock in like a picture with an astronaut in there, and one of the num like there's a rock that says like four on it. <laughs> like it was like they were like they somebody, had like they... a stage setting. Like, oh, it's probably they brought it back and they were somebody well, wrote it. Maybe Michael wait, Cole wait, was wasn't like, it? But didn't Aldrin. Stanley Kubrick try to tell us in The Shining exactly that it was fake? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like everything leads to it. There's a society. There's there you know clubs. about that, Jim? No. No, you, no, you no. There's, a, there's ahead, a rumor that Stanley Kubrick was approached by the government as okay. because of his work with 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay. They said, you know, we want to beat the Russians to this moon thing, so we we need you to uh, film a, a moon landing. And so he's like, I don't want to do it. And uh, they said, well, you don't really have a choice. Like, you kind of have to do this. You're being recruited by the government. So he had to do this. And one of the reasons, I guess, in The Shining, what, what's the room number in The Shining? Uh, the, it's the, like 300 it, it's or something. It's the same exact, exact number. distance yeah, from distance here from to, to the, the moon. moon. Oh, so they say, don't so go in. messages in there. Yeah, okay. don't yeah, go into room three, whatever. Okay. Because, so that was like his thing of you can never tell anyone that this has happened and 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 it's it's true and the kid the kid's playing with this car all by himself and and he's on this carpet and then he like he like yeah. walks to the he walks to that room and that supposedly represents uh the the what was going on to the the distance yeah to the, the, moon. The, the distance to the moon and and um there's a lot of stuff in it you again that's the, There's a YouTube video you can watch on it. Like they <laughs> they break down this stuff. I'm like telling it's you, crazy. And the kid and the kid while he's while he goes into that room, he's wearing an Apollo 11, 11 shirt sweater. So, yeah, it's, this is all in the shining. All this is the all shining. in the shining, man. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. He's wearing an Apollo eleven sweater for no apparent reason whatsoever, <laughs> and he goes into a room that the number is the exact distance from here to the moon. This is ground control to Major Tom. Yeah, like, imagine if I had a Nicholson. We didn't go to the fucking moon. <laughs> In the moon. 
They saw it open, open the pad doors, Hal. We lost the moon. We lost the moon. <laughs> I, nah, Johnny, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not going to go with that conspiracy. I, I, believe we, I believe we went to the moon because all the technological advancements we had even now. It, I mean, we, I believe it. I believe it happened. I, I've been to the Smithsonian. I've, I don't know. I, it, although, John, I'll tell you, there are a lot of conspiracy theorists on that. There are clubs. There are groups. There are a lot of people out there. You know, People think so, they're all nuts. Hey, everybody though. got their own. Well, everybody had to write their own opinion. What you're saying, though, I understand, because it was a political race at the time to get to the moon first. Right. It's just that I just can't see how that could be a hoax. I just don't. I understand the theory behind it, and there's some, some logic there, but I just don't see them pulling it off to that extent. I just think that, that it was real. It was a real deal. I mean, it, it, it is debatable, because, John, I've heard <laughs> that debate before. They've done specials I gotta get on you, it. I got to send you the link to that Kubrick thing. I know. I want to see it. It's tasty. I do. If I like the even, shiny. If you're even a remote conspiracy guy, you're like, ooh, this is delectable. Very possible that this happened. I do love the conspiracy stuff, though. It's funny. Oh, I love and it, I always told Johnny, Johnny knows about that, that uh, in, in Iran, just a couple months ago, man, and, and they they, they – they just said it only a couple weeks ago. They sent a monkey in space. That was their big space. They have, a, they have their own space program on that Iran. And they were all proud. It was all over the news, you know. And I just pictured them going, you know. And they, now they said they're going to do another monkey in space and stuff that lived and came back. And I was thinking there has to be conspiracy theorists in Iran that are going, you know, there's no fucking way. That monkey. <laughs> don't know. No, no, no. They filmed it on the set. The visor, you could see the monkey's reflection, the visor of a, a, a gaffer, a crop man. <laughs>